Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. I'm so happy you decided to join me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins, and I hope you enjoy our time together today. And as always, I want to thank you for dropping in because I know we we are all busy. We all have a long list of to-dos, so I want to thank you for being with us today. Now, my goal and intent for this space is to create a place where women feel empowered to live out their God-given destiny and also to establish a dialogue that is interesting and culturally relevant to our lives today. So if you are new here, welcome. I hope you will come back for more. So speaking of being culturally relevant, today we are going to tackle a topic, or at least we're going to begin a conversation that is currently stirring in American culture. I cannot speak to other countries at present, but I know this one is stirring here in America. Here, we are smack dab in the middle of what has been tagged Pride Month. When this episode airs, it will be in full swing. But I just wanted to give a bit of time reference for this episode. So if you're listening to it at a later time, you'll know when it was recorded. Pride Month is taking over all the major corporations and institutions and any retail shopping. And recently, I began to think about this almost like a stream of consciousness, but I believe the Holy Spirit broke in and even began to direct my thoughts. And He absolutely can do that. And I love when it happens because what always ends up happening is that He points me in the direction of the truth and what God's Word says, which is alive and living. During all this talk of Pride Month and the celebration of what I will call a bail demonic spirit of sexual perversion, and when I say Baal, I mean B-A-A-L, like how they worshiped Baal in the Old Testament. There are a couple words that I began to notice again and again. I mean, other than the LGBTQ, PRSTUV, whatever, trans this and that. And the words were diversity and equity. And then they throw another word at the end of that, inclusion. They throw that in there just to make it sound nice, but the reality is it isn't really all that nice at all. This has a praying sense about it, and I'm not talking about praying like how we pray to God. I mean like how it goes and it prays about. It searches out those who aren't tolerant, and it demands that they not only tolerate, but they now celebrate them and all that they stand for. And if you choose not to play, they will cancel you. As I was thinking about this word diversity, I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's not a biblical mandate. That's a humanistic construct. And immediately he led me to all the scriptures that begin to speak of unity. You know, we are called to unify with other believers, not diversify. We are called to come out from among the world and be one body, the body of Christ. 
But this indoctrination that is now happening in education, corporate America, and many cultural centers is only about separating us into groups. It's all about what makes us different instead of finding common ground on which to stand and then build the kingdom of God. Some call certain groups oppressors, and the other groups are the oppressed, as an example. Even churches and pastors and leaders are jumping on this bandwagon called DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Today, I mainly want to discuss this diversity segment, but I will say the equity part is equally disturbing, no pun intended. But all of us know that nothing in life is equitable all the time. You know that, right? Like nothing, like your childhood, right? Even if you grew up in the same house, you know, you and your siblings were probably born in different times and your parents had different amounts of money during some years as they did the other or different, you know, opportunities came along, not your schooling, not your privilege, not your family structure, not your job opportunities. Nothing is equitable all the time. Life isn't about being equal, We don't deserve what someone else has really worked hard for if we didn't work for that. We just don't. And to believe that we do is actually following the tenets and the teachings of Karl Marx. It's what we call Marxism. Nowhere in Scripture are we called to live to equity. We are all different members of the same body. We have different giftings. We have different experiences that brings us to the table. So see, even their tag of diversity equity is quite the oxymoron. So if you lean towards having a victim mentality, you love this bit about equity. Because no longer is your life your responsibility, no. It is now the responsibility of the culture to make sure everything is equal for you to be okay. It sounds great, but it doesn't live great because it's a false construct. It is actually a lie. So now let's circle back to diversity. Let's take a look at what the Bible actually tells us. I'm going to give you some scriptures. You can jot them down and go look them up later if you want to. I have a few for you, so get ready. Psalm 133.1 says, Behold, and that means look and see how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. Ephesians 4.3 says, Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians 4.4, the very next verse says, There is one body and one Spirit, just as you also were called into one hope of your calling. John 17, 21 says that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. This is Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, 10 says, now, here's Paul talking. He said, I exhort you. He's encouraging you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you remain complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. That word division, diversity, they have the same prefix, D-I-V, to divide. So Paul is saying, let there be no divisions among you. Stake the same mind, the same judgment. Use the same judgments in life as you look out at the world. John 17, 23 says, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. 
Romans 15, 6 says, so that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Philippians 2. I'm going to read the first few verses of this because I really think this one is important. It's uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 4. And it says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any affection and compassion, actually, when Paul is talking to them at the church in Philippi, when he's saying this, if there is any, it is it is already known that there is. It is there. So it's not really a question. He's actually making a statement. If there is any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Don't just look out for your own interest. Look out for the interests of others. Now, those are just a few verses. You could do a deep dive into this. There are many more where that came from. The Center for Biblical Unity did a study to see if all this DEI training in all these corporations, universities, and across the American societal spectrum has had any significant positive outcome in the last 10 years that it's been offered. And the end of that story is no. This type of training has had no outcome that produces any kind of good, especially in a kingdom sense. They have been shown to actually divide teams. It divides employees. It does not bring them together. And I'm talking about out in the world. So what is so sad about all of this that is being shoved down our throats daily is that it totally masks over and skips over the beauty of each person's unique makeup by a good creator who knows each of us by name and everything about us. See, those differences are to be celebrated for sure. We should always strive to celebrate people's God-given uniqueness, their gifts, their talents, and listen to me, the merits of their lives. The merits of their lives, the things that they have worked hard for. We should celebrate those things. But we can do that without drawing a big line in the sand and starting grouping everyone into race, socioeconomic, tribal, intellectual groupings, and then calling it virtuous. That is the actual definition of virtue signaling. Virtue is when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, in the realm of life to which God has called us. The people leading this DEI training say that it's to learn more about one another and one another's cultures and how to value each other. But what it actually ends up doing is it's shaming one group or another, mostly for things they have no control over, like their skin color or the past generational sins like slavery. See, shame is never kingdom. So I just wanted to have the conversation today about why it's important for us to push back on that language and use our voices as Christians. We are in this world at this time for a reason. None of that is a mistake. God has a purpose, even in the hard stuff. And do you know that everyone has hard stuff? 
I hope we all know that, that no one's life is without problems and hardships. Just because you don't always see other people's stuff doesn't mean that it's not there and doesn't mean that it's not every bit as hard as your stuff. But at some point, we have to decide, am I going to be and remain pitiful or am I going to become powerful? You see, we cannot tear down, divide, burn down, and shame others and be powerful. We just can't. God will never bless that. But what we can do is rally around a common good and the common good we have together in the body of Christ. So today I want to pray as I end this very short topic conversation, but it covers a lot of ground, I think. And I think all of us can do better all the way around where this is concerned. And you know, as Maya Angelou always says, once we know better, we can do better. So dear Father, thank you for your gentle nudges, even during busy seasons and days. Thank you that you haven't left us in the mess of this world. And thank you for the redemptive nature of your son, Jesus. He is always making all things new. Lord, we ask that you would help us. Help us see one another more the same than we ever are different. Help us to honor one another's giftings and talents and unique expressions while walking together in the bonds of Christian unity. Thank you for your word that is sharp. It is powerful. Thank you for being the kindest one we know. We love you, Jesus, and we belong to you. In your name, we pray all of this. Amen and amen. Now, as always, I want to leave you with a tip of the day. Become a reader. It's really that simple. It's just become a reader. Growing up, I used to hear the term all the time, readers are leaders. And I think in the age of technology, it's kind of hard to read. Many read on their devices, their screens, and they love it. I do, I'm do. i not one of those people. So I try to make it a habit to read at least 10 pages a day in a physical book. Yes, I actually hold a book, an actual book with a binding in my hand that does not have a screen. And it took me a while to kind of get back into the habit of this after years of looking and staring at screens all day. But there is something about holding a book and reading it that is so fulfilling, I can't quite explain it. It forces you to slow down, to sit down, and to focus. When our children were young, we used to teach a curriculum called Growing Kids God's Way. In those teachings, we learned that sitting, focusing, and concentrating are learned skills. Those are moral skills. They do not come naturally, and they have to be trained into children. We wanted our children to have the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. And we knew one of the ways to teach them that was something that we called sit time. Now, what this was It's going to sound crazy to you, I know, but every morning, about mid-morning, when things kind of began to go off the rails a little bit, I would take the kitchen timer and I would set the kitchen timer for, I started at five minutes and we worked all the way up when it was age appropriate to about a half an hour. I would take a little basket that had my Bible, my journal, my pens. I would get a cup of coffee and then I would sit the children in separate chairs and they each had a basket of books that was age appropriate for them and books that they liked and they were interested in. And the goal was to sit quietly until the kitchen timer went off. Now we started with five minutes and then we worked our way up. And when they made it all the way through, we celebrated and jumped around and danced for joy. But what that did is it began to prepare their hearts later for what would be school and becoming educated. 
that they could sit and take in information and um, focus and concentrate on the matter at hand. And so sit time was a huge thing in our house because it really did teach into a lot of things, sitting, focusing, and concentrating. Those are moral skills for all of us. And that's what it takes for us to all become readers, the ability to still ourselves and our mind and focus on what the pages are reading to us. Try it today and see if you don't begin to love reading again and let me know how you like it. Okay, that's all I got for you today here on the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I hope you have a great day and go make your life awesome. Awesome.